welcome to Ad Creeps, a podcast where we dissect and correct the TV ads that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. I'm Courtney. And uh, right next to me is my friend Al. Hiya. Al, I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Are you thirsty? Always. <laughs> Perpetually. Perpetually. I, you got a little little thing of water on your over there. Uh-huh. And uh, I, me? Always carry a waddy body with me. You gotta. A little you plastic gotta. one. Hold on, let me uh, let me do some ASMR here. <sighs> oh. I don't know about that. I really wetted my whistle. Your whistle has been wet. Do you uh, ready? Hey, Al, you ready to wet some whistles? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, put me on a slip and slide and push me down the hill, baby. I think the energy that we had from Tony the Tiger, <laughs> which is what we just recorded, is going to be carrying over to this oh, one. Oh, good. Um, not the ad per se, but just our energy. Okay. Well, let's just, let's get a little slippery when wet. Yeah, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Nathaniel Wythe was born Chads Ford, Pennsylvania. Chads. Chads? In my Pennsylvania? <laughs> in, that's where all the... What's a Chad in the incel community? Uh, it's like a hot guy that has no problem getting chicks. Wow. Pennsylvania. Who well, are you oh, hiding? The Chad state. Anyway, he was born there October... <laughs> October 1911. Uh, he was born into a family of artists. He was the son of N.C. Wyatt, the famous illustrator for the Scribner's classics. Mm. So, like, the I remember the Treasure Island one. Yeah. Just really pretty art. As well as uh, the brother to famous painters, Andrew Wyeth, Carolyn Wyeth, and Henrietta Wyeth Hurd. Can you imagine? Just so many. <laughs> With all the creativity in his blood, Nathaniel Wyeth became an engineer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the right vibe, I think. <laughs> He's. Can you imagine just being born into... I, I like to think of it as a 90s kid. Just a, just a, a family full of Judy funnies. <laughs> yeah. And you're the Doug, if you will. Yeah, no, I, I think I was the Doug. <laughs> <Are> you... <laughs> or... I, think, I think you were a family full of Dougs, my dude. <laughs> Actually, no, I think I had a family full of mooses and I was the Pepper Ann. I love... Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that just came out on Disney Plus, huh? Oh, really? I'm going to pirate the shit oh, out of it. Oh, my in. God. Um, <laughs> love a moose. <laughs> Wyeth was employed by Dumont Chemicals in 1936. Oh, baby. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> One of his pet projects was trying to find a way to contain soda in something other than glass bottles that could be resealed. Yeah, I guess he drinks a lot of soda. Yeah. And he just popped one up, and he's like, I only drink a half soda. Could I introduce him to one of the Coors? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. In the late 60s, he experimented with plastic detergent bottles, but those kind of materials were not able to withstand any sort of pressurized liquids. You just pour Coke in there? (laughs) Yeah. In your Tide? (laughs) You can pour your Coke right into your Tide. You know, it didn't contain it well, and it didn't taste good. That's a TikTok challenge, baby. Oh, my God. (laughs) Ah, the ad creeps challenge. (laughs) He needed much stronger material. Lucky for him, the use of pet plastics, pet G plastics, was on the rise, and Wyeth figured out this was a perfect solution to his pop problem. Oh, boy. You talked about pet G stuff. Uh, Sunshine family, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That stuff. Mm -mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm-mm. Well... In 1973, Wyeth received the patent for the first plastic bottle. 
We're mm. done with glass. We're over it. Yeah, we gotta we gotta have something to put our fucking. You know what? If I want to put a Mentos in a pop, I don't want a glass bottle. That would hurt. That's gonna hurt when that explodes. <laughs> we gotta I, have plastic. I'm taking my glass bottle. I'm throwing it over my window. Over my window. I'm throwing it <laughs> over my shoulder, and I'm waiting to hear that tickle tangle as yeah, it breaks. Yeah, that's true. You know what? Without Wyatt, do you think we'd have the bottle flip? The TikTok bottle flip. No. No, we don't want to do that with a glass bottle. No, it's shattered. And we also wouldn't have the TikTok cap, cap kick. What's the cap kick? Where someone's holding a bottle yeah. and you do a roundhouse kick and you Whoa. kick the cap off. Wow. Has anyone done a bottle flip cap kick? Not that I've seen. Oh, it's got to be out there, huh? Mm-hmm. Come on, teens. The holy grail. Now, you see they're on milk carts now? Yeah. Milk cartons? They're running up and down. They're not allowed to. They're not allowed to anymore. Is but that there was a there was a good video of one um, in the park where a cop did it. He fell right down. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, we love to see it. Fucking ate it. <laughs> you don't get milk in cartons anymore. No. Oh, crates. Crates. Milk crates, not cartons. Anyway. We're old. I'm confused about <laughs> I'm, the difference between a crate and a carton. Well, crate, carton is like what the milk comes in. Yeah, yeah. With that still crate, we get. We still get that. Crate, crate we don't is get. the things you stand on and the cops fall down on. Yes. We love that. Uh, little did he know how much his invention would change the world. As of 2017, a million plastic beverage bottles are purchased every minute worldwide. This man made the garbage patch. Well. We're going to talk about that garbage <laughs> match. You mean my own private island? <laughs> in fact, uh, in the U.S., 75% of all plas- 75% of all plastic containers are plastic bottles. The glut of discarded bottles have been clogging waterways, creating the foundations for giant islands of garbage in our oceans. Mm-hmm. What is that one called? The Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Wow. I mean, it has other names, but... That's it? I think... Terra... Terra Nuva. That's what I would call it. (laughs) Terra Nuva ring. (laughs) There's some in there, too. And some of those cups. Those menstrual cups. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh, don't make that noise. (laughs) I just have never felt the need to put a cup up there. A bottle, maybe. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that? Okay. Look, Wyatt would love me to do that. One of one of his plastic bottles, yeah, this pervert. Yeah, put a little cherry Fago in there. <laughs> wow, Fago douche. <laughs> oh, you mean Juggalos? <laughs> Out of control. the The biggest culprit of this plastic disaster was not the soda that Wyatt created his bottles for. It is bottled water. Mm. Mm. By 2016, the sale of bottled water in the United States has officially surpassed soda sales. So that was the tipping point. Yeah. Which I thought it would be sooner, but... This also came the same year. The price of bottled water was more than three times the price of gasoline. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Nestle. Thanks. Thank you. Americans spend more than $35 million a day on bottled water. But why alone can't be the culprit to all this unsustainable consumerism. It turns out there was one company and one ad campaign that caused America to be perpetually thirsty for that wet stuff. God. Can you imagine if we just taxed billionaires and then we had, like, actual infrastructure in our societies um, to, like, get water to people instead of having to make it a capitalist product? That would be pretty cool, actually. Um, Or, like, you know, giving people the opportunity to get water from their taps. Yeah. And not, like... Buy bottled water. Yeah. And mm. it, like if the taps worked and the stuff that came out of them was drinkable, that would be pretty neat. 
Wow, we're going to be talking about the opposite of that concept, actually. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It all began in Les Bouillons Spa in Vergaise, France. Wow, you're nailing this. I'm pretty sure it's (laughs) Vergaise because it's the accent aigu, Vergaise. Look, I don't know. It's French for for the gays. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, yeah. (laughs) Thanks to the volcanic activity in the area, the spa's spring water was naturally carbonated. Because business was booming, the spa's medical doctor wanted to continue the success and market the water outside of the area. The doctor couldn't afford the cost of mass bottling the water, so he sold the spring to a British businessman, get a load of this name, William Albert St. John Harmsworth. Oh, wow. Okay, that is a Bond villain. That is a British man. That's all. (laughs) Jesus, imperialism in a name. Within two years, Harmsworth became the sole owner and closed the spa in order to focus on bottling and selling the spring water. In order to call back to the the water's roots and the spa's roots, Harmsworth named the spring after the spa doctor that sold him the area, Perrier. Oh, boy. I didn't know Perrier was, like, naturally bubbly. Yeah, I didn't know that either. As it is. Have you had a Perrier? I have had a, a Perrier. I'm I'm more uh, partial to a San Pelli, um, <laughs> but... I, or, as I like to call it, the spicy water. Yes, yes, the spicy water. Yeah, I've, I've had Perrier. Yeah? I don't like it. I'm not... Yeah, I previously have not really been a big fan of tonic waters. No. But I'm getting into them. Well, it's not tonic water because tonic water has a taste. I don't mind tonic water or soda water. It's a little sweet. This is like mineral water. That's yeah. Fizzy. I don't know. But they also like now they make like flavor Perrier yeah. and stuff. That's true. That's true. Oh, yeah, they do because of the because of the because of the La Croix. Yeah. Another French delicacy. Everybody's getting into that essenced water. Mmm. <laughs> when I went to Europe, you got a choice between fuzzy and not fuzzy. And sometimes they just bring you the fuzzy water, the, the spicy ones. <laughs> and I did not enjoy that. Oh, can I tell you something I've been vibing with? Wh- tell me. Uh, it's a uh, and this I'm not advertising this product. Okay. I'm simply saying that I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the ethics of this podcast just spiraled in my head for <laughs> there was like a little whirlpool of fear in my head I mean, for about buddy, ten seconds. I mean, buddy, we do we talk about consumerism for thirty minutes a week, so so it's okay to talk about a product speak, that I like. Speak freely. So San Pelli. Yeah. Um, San Pellegrino, yeah, if yeah, you will. Yeah. Uh, makes they, colloquially. Colloquially. Uh, they make um, like a tonic water that has uh, black tea and peach juice in it. Ooh. And they also have a lemon one. So it's like an iced tea tonic water. Yeah. Uh, I'm really into that. Really I've digging on that. I've never gotten that one, but I want Sounds one. fucking good. Can I? I, I got to steal one from your house. You oh, know? I'm out at the moment. Damn it. I only, actually, I might have one lemon <gasps> one. Ooh, I gotta. See, look, here's the thing. Millennials love a love a iced tea. Yeah. Love a fizzy drink. Don't like that spicy water. Yeah, well, and I'll say the LaCroix and the um the boobly. Yeah, the boobly. Don't oh, have yeah. the flavor for Do me. Do not have the flavor. I don't enjoy mm-hmm, those. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. And now you get in the, the, the Bud Light seltzers. Oh, brother. <laughs> That's something. That's something. That's something. That's something else. At least alcohol helps you, you know, feel something as you're drinking it. <laughs> Harmsworth's success with his new venture hit a literal road bump in 1906, where he was horribly injured in a car crash. (laughs) 
that okay? Did I? I mean, yeah, he's imperial scum, yeah, so it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you how. After his chauffeur missed the road while driving at a high speed at night. Was the chauffeur okay? Uh, well, doesn't matter. He was a, he was a chauffeur, oh, I guess. Oh, boy. I guess he was okay. The crash left Harmsworth paralyzed from the waist down. During his physiotherapy, he used a set of clubs to strengthen his upper body. And they're called Indian clubs because they're from India, and there's Iranian clubs and Persian clubs. Huh. But they're they're like, you would see juggling clubs. Oh, they're like, like the things that you... Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. They would use those for like manly early 20th century exercises okay like pre-war exercises so this is not like a patented medical no 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 he's just that's just what thing. he's doing that's what he's doing perrier's very distinctive bulbous green glass bottles were based on these very clubs oh so he's like i like the shape i like the shape make them into the what the fizzy drink you gotta have a flared base there <laughs> funny you should say that one of the rumors is perrier bottles were like after a curves of a woman Ooh, but it's just these clubs. Yuck. It's just these clubs. Yeah, it's just the clubs that, that help him walk that help more. Him, well, not walk, just, you know, be strength upper body. Oh, is he, he was juggling he just them. Juggle, I guess he just juggled them. I oh, don't know. Okay. I don't know what you do with them. Not a clue. There's a Wikipedia article about them, and I still do not understand. <laughs> yeah, okay. So it's like a fushigi ball kind of situation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Harnsworth was really into, like, well, what's it called? Uh, touch. What's it? Contact juggling. Contact juggling. That's yeah. it. Oh, boy. Wow. Perrier gained popularity throughout France and Britain in the early 20th century, but hit a bit of a hiccup during World War II. Didn't the, we all? <laughs> except those Nazis. Yeah, they had a boy, good time. Oh boy. Then afterwards. Oh. <laughs> the war had left a hole in Perrier's pocket, which was hemorrhaging money. In 1946, the company was bought by French stockbroker Gustave Levin. Now, Gustave Levin, what was he doing in 1945? Uh-oh. <laughs> what do you think? Um, viva la revolution? Yeah, I'm well, sure he was, uh... He switched, he switched a lot of hats. <laughs> He's like, let me take, take the Vichy hat off, <laughs> put the free France hat on. <laughs> I love De Gaulle. He's in charge, right? He's the guy? On his first tours of the bottling facility, he was surprised that the workers were using their hands to dip the bottles in the creek, in the, I say creek, but in the spring, and using their feet to screw on the top. What? They would dip hands, screw feet, <laughs> with their little toesies. Okay, so screw feet is a sentence that I'm not a f- personally not into, but, you, sure? you, you know, you do you. So they're just, they're dip, screw. They dip, screw, dip, dip screw, screw, dip, dip screw. screw. Yeah. <laughs> could you imagine like you're like okay i'm gonna invent look i had a hard time during world war ii i didn't know who was gonna win so i i gambled and lost and then <laughs> and then chose the right hat i still have a lot of money let me buy this watering facility let me walk in oh feet stuff dip screw dip screw dip like screw, a couple of teenage dairy queen workers over oh, summer break that was very good <laughs> that was very good but Levin was confident that he could take Perrier and rebuild it. Quote, when something's in bad condition, you expect to make it better, Levin said. It was a well-known name at that time with absolutely no sales. His goal was to move out of Europe and tackle the next great frontier of bottled water consumerism, America. America. Do-do-do-do-do-do, America. Him and Feifel, just going over. They're having a boom of babies you can feed that water to. <laughs> oh, wow. They're real thirsty over there. <laughs> 
Consulting firms advise Levan to stay out of the land of Coca-Cola and G&T drinkers, but Levan pushed through. He hired two workers, well, one worker and one he called the female secretary. Ugh. So like a half worker, right? <laughs> and rented a small room in New York to start work. As part of its American marketing plan, Perrier dropped the price of its 23-ounce bottle from $1.09 to $0.69. (laughs) (laughs) So that's $2.72 in 2016 dollars. Oh. So not bad. Within reach of a certain strata of society, but significantly enough that buying it still constituted a statement. Mm, a statement water. Yeah, a sta- well, that's I'll all I'll have to drink a statement water. My statement is, it's too spicy. <laughs> My statement is, it should be free. Perrier now rested in the, quote, that sweet spot of being simultaneously aspirational and accessible. Mm. You're accessible, water? You accessible? Are you accessible, water? Well, Do you have no. to pay for you? No, 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 no. no. Perrier also came into America at the time when the country was getting preoccupied with fitness. Running became the national hobby in the 1970s, and Perrier saw their market. In November 1977, Perrier sponsored the New York City Marathon. Oh, no. Could you imagine running? And you get those little cuppies. And it's full of spicy water? (laughs) And you throw it in your face. It's spicy. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) I read, I I think there's a podcast um, that was talking about Perrier in America. And it was literally talking about runners gulping these little cups down and spitting it out. (laughs) It's spicy. She's spicy. She's spicy. And you don't expect it. (laughs) You don't expect it. The overarching message was clear. For people who cared about their bodies, who wanted a natural refreshment that departed from the cheap flavors of the time, Perrier was the obvious choice. It departed from the cheap flavor of real water. Or Coca-Cola. Oh, yeah. Stay out of Coke Town. (laughs) This is also during a time when media coverage was finally covering the new findings that linked artificial sweeteners, which were commonly used in diet sodas, with cancer. Perrier pitched itself as the perfectly healthy alternative to soft drinks. When was that? Uh, 1970, late 1970s. They were linking uh, artificial sweeteners to cancer all the way yeah, back they're, then? They're, That's wild. It must have been, maybe we're talking even early 80s. Oh, yeah. Because this is all about that, the fitness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes the sense. The diet yeah, culture. Late 70s, that early 80s. It was also during this time that Perrier took its jump to TV advertising. Mm. In order to reach its biggest market, baby boomers, they're back folks, <laughs> the ads would highlight its French per- pedigree and premium price. More importantly, it fed into baby boomers' desire to shed their tie-dye t-shirts and enter the corporate world. Oh, no. That's a quote from them, by the way. Oh, no. You know, they were hippies in the 60s. But here's the thing. I I mean, I don't know if you felt like that in your parents, but my parents, like, my mom said she would, like, burn bras in her 60s. No, my parents were, yeah, pretty... And now, and now... They were out there hiking, eating any edible thing they could goji find. Goji berries. <laughs> Is that what you get out there? Goji yeah, bears? Yeah, out in VC. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what I'm getting is that Perrier is uh, the Vianetta of water. Oh, boy. Sure is. <laughs> Perrier teamed up with former Levi Strauss executive Bruce Nevins to put together an ad that would scream, new money. Oof. And what better voice to inspire a yuppie nation than 
Orson Welles. Oh, no. Hells, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> He's here. You're taking me on a ride. Whoops. <laughs> so Orson Welles, he, at this time in the late 70s, um, he's actually lending his voice to a plethora of ads. Uh, whiskey being one of them. A lot of alcohol. Yeah. That checks out. Mm, airplanes, that sort of thing. <laughs> I'm uh, Orson Welles for airplanes. <laughs> Have you seen these things? It's just like big metal oh, birds up boy. in the sky. Wild. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. That's my Orson Welles impression. Oh, that's so <laughs> And we, so this is the ad that we're going to be talking about. Okay. Uh, and we'll be showing you. But first, we got a little background of what happened. Oh. After the series of ads, Perrier rocketed in popularity. In 1975, Americans had bought 2.5 million bottles of the French spring water. But over the next day, decade after the ad's aired, sales approached 300 million bottles a year. How they, uh, how they got all that water in that dang dang spring? That's a lot. It's a lot of water. I guess they gotta pump some more in? I don't know. <laughs> Look, when you're filling it with feet, yeah. it's, you're really highly, you're using everything. <laughs> so efficient. So efficient. The success sprouted quick copycats. American companies, including Seagrams and Schweppes, tried to persuade budget-conscious shoppers to go with them over Perrier. Yeah, you wish, Schweppes. <laughs> Do they even have mineral water anymore? They have tonic Yeah, water. Schweppes has all kinds of uh, they got all, They all got all kinds there. You're not a Schweppes fan? Oh, uh, I like a Canada Dry. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Ooh. Our heart belongs to Canada Dry. <laughs> the only imperialist product we will drink. <laughs> Another French water copy, Evian, copied Perrier's success by marketing heavily within the health and wellness trend. Perrier, feeling the heat grow in the market, acquired U.S. brands Arrowhead and Poland Springs to mm. continue their water empire. And Poland Springs and Arrowhead are still around. Yeah. But everything's owned by Nestle now. Perrier is too. Nestle's just... They were just fucking us with this water, folks. <laughs> <laughs> they are giving it to us. A quick blip slowed down Perry's success. In 1990, random testing uncovered traces of benzene in the samples of Perrier. Whoopsie-daisy. Oh, boy. Well, I guess if, like, here's the thing. If you're getting your water from a volcano, yeah. there's going to be some benzene in it. You're going to get benzene, folks. <laughs> <laughs> just comes with the, the just, territory. This is why we should all just be drinking from the Potomac. Oh, oh. <laughs> Never drink from the Potomac. You usually really Never. You can't. Please. But you can have one fish if you're a man. Look. <laughs> or you can row across it and kill some Hessians. <laughs> Hell yeah. The Bezine samples in Peria causing the company to carry out a nationwide recall for four years. Shares of mineral water dried up, leaving a big wet hole in America's <laughs> consumer market. A what? A big wet hole. Mm. <laughs> like that one? Yeah. Pepsi was quick to make their move, as they already had the infrastructure. Uh, they spent an additional $3 million on reverse osmosis equipment. <laughs> okay. Wow. I've seen that movie. <laughs> they reversed it, though. They put it on track. Uh, and quickly introduced their filtered tap water brand, Aquafina. Aquafina. Not to be outdone, Coca-Cola pushed out Dasani in April 1999. Just like Aquafina, and very unlike Perrier and Evian, Dasani was bottled water filled from municipal sources. 
Oh, they're stealing our water. Yeah. Bottled tap water quickly gained ground on spring and mineral water, capturing a 3% share of the market in 1993, up to a 36% uh, in 2003. By 2013, bottled water, bottled tap water made up more than a half of bottled water market. Maybe this is not the world Nathaniel Wyeth wanted. Water bottles have become a necessity, not just for the dehydration conscious, but also for the billions of people around the world who do not have access to clean water. Here, bottled water is a lifeline, but it is the Perrier-built Orson Wellesian baby boober mentality that has led to the overconsumption and planetary destruction that we have today. Thanks, Perrier. Thanks, Perrier. Or should we say... Merci, Perrier. <laughs> <laughs> you ready? See yeah. this Orson Welles ad? Show me. Yeah, okay. We'll do Show it. Show me the big wet hole. <laughs> you mean Orson Welles? Yeah. Uh, so if you want to see this, you can go to our sources um, either in our description or on our website and watch along with us. Adcreeps.gay. Yeah, we love .gay. <laughs> okay, let's see it. We'll return after these messages. Deep below the plains of southern France, in a mysterious process begun millions of years ago, nature herself adds life to the icy waters of a single spring, Perrier. Its natural sparkle is more delicate than any made by man, and therefore more quenching, more refreshing, and the mixer par excellence, naturally sparkling from the center of the earth, Perrier. Welcome back to the show. Perrier. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Can you describe what you saw and what you heard? Yeah. Okay, so we're sort of close on some bubbly water. So many bubbles. So many bubbles. And we're hearing a lot about, you know, the Earth mysterious uh, sources that she, you know, she injects all these bubs into wow. this water. Millions of years ago. Millions. Unknowable how this happens. <laughs> uh, a volcano, maybe? Yeah. And then as we zoom out, uh, and they are talking about the product, the bubbly, spicy water, we see that we were inside the bottle of the Perrier. We were inside the bottle the entire time. We were in there the whole time. Inception. And then someone pours it over a glass. Yeah, so you can really see the spice for yourself. (laughs) And then a wine glass, too. Yeah, because they're like, you can drink it either way. Sophistication. This is classy, and it's all very, like, black and white, and yeah, yeah you have Orson, he's just chatting up a storm. So he's a voiceover, you don't actually get to you see You don't him. see the man. Uh, and he was in a few commercials, and then there was an era where he was just doing so many, he just didn't appear in any, it was just voiceovers. Hey, gotta get that cash. Oh, yeah. Secure the bag, Orson. <laughs> That's how he made his money anyway, <laughs> over the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you think about his voice? Uh, I didn't care for it. No, why? Uh, it didn't. I mean, from an advertising standpoint, I don't feel that his voice matched the brief. Really? Yeah. I don't think it was fancy enough. Oh, I think he was pretty fancy. I don't think so. No, no, no. No. He did say, Perrier. I think he's too American. Oh, yeah. Oh, you want a French guy? I think they should have got a French guy. Okay, okay, okay. Someone named Gilles. (laughs) Love a Gilles. (laughs) You gotta love a Gilles. Love a Gilles. Love a Philippe. (laughs) Did you have... I have a question. In, like, your, like, middle school and high school... And you took a language class? Yeah. Did you have, like, a that language name? Like in the you, class? Yeah, in the class. No. Really? Is, did you? Yeah. America. <laughs> 
I remember. Okay, so I took French in in America, and you got to like pick from a name of like a list of French names, and that was your name for the class, and that was your name for That's your class. That's effed up. Really? <laughs> I don't care for that at all. I want to know, like, if you're American, and did you do that, and or if you're Canadian? I guess Canadians like are we're bilingual technically, so it's like, what's your Canadian name? Well, yeah, yeah, man. Guess okay. Guess what my French name was? What? Oh, uh, what do I look like yeah, um, in France? I don't know that many French names. <laughs> this one was weird. I picked it because I was kooky. Okay, it was Zoe. Oh, <laughs> I don't know about that. You don't know about that? I'm not a Zoe. No, no, it a, wasn't a Zoe, Zoe trope. Maybe. <laughs> I wish. I just, like, feel like it's so weird. I feel like we're already, like, asking people to change their names so often in yeah. weird ways that it just, like, feels well, fucked up to me. Except but. for one particular way. Can't change that name. No, there's one way you cannot <laughs> do it. Every other way, it's like, hey, you're in America. You got to change that name. We so got to make it hard. It easy. If it's if it's in the other way, we got to make it hard. You got to go to court. Oh, what? You were here first? Well, you still have to. <laughs> it's 2021. Yeah. Perrier. It's 2021. Look, there's so much spicy water out there. There's a lot of spicy water out there. You got LaCroix. You got the San Pellegrinos. Yeah. You got the Bud Light Seltzers. Yeah. What is Perrier to do? How does Perrier set itself apart? Oh, ho, ho, ho. Yeah. <laughs> and Orson Welles, he's dead. So we can't. Or could we? No, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get like a one of those holograms? Those uh, those fucking Michael Jackson holograms for Orson Welles. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not? No, no, you do it better. Okay. Oh, you know we're seeing bubbles. Of course. We're there's bubbles. There's bubbles coming up. Yeah. Uh, and we're like, hey, what's up with these bubbles? Yeah. And there's a voiceover from I don't know some other prolific guy. All right, is he French? Is he French? I think I'm gonna put make it. It's gonna be a French guy. For you gotta me. have a French guy. Um. Yeah. What's a French guy? <laughs> um, uh, uh, let's make up a guy. Okay. His name is Jean Croissant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jean Croissant. I like that. I think it's good. That's think good. It's good. That would be my name if I was in an American French class. <laughs> I'd be like, what's up? It's Jean Croissant in the building. <laughs> A la Francais? <laughs> Jean Crozet, sur la bibliotheca. Yeah. That's how we would say it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's a rapper. Uh, oh, that's kind of wow. his thing. Wow. Um, so he's going to rap about the water. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. And we're seeing the bubbles. We're like, oh, we're deep in a mystical spring under yeah, the French yeah, earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Under the earth. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the rapper is like, oh, God put this water here and he made it spicy. <laughs> but in French. Um <laughs> And then we we zoom out, yeah. And we zoom out, and yeah. we zoom out, yeah. And we see that the water that we were inside of is just a little puddle. Oh, it's okay. a little puddle on the ground. A little, a little puddle. It's a like pe- or a petite puddle. Actually, this is all the Perrier that we have oh, left. Oh no, <laughs> the water's gone, folks. Say la vie. We uh, we uh, made you pay for the water. <laughs> now there's no water. Whoops. Oopsie daisy, and that's it. That's it. It's a statement piece. It's a yeah. It's an artistic statement piece from Perrier. Yeah. Don't get are, me wrong. They are still. They're still. Well, they're Nestle now. Yeah. Okay. So, so Nestle. Not so good. Yeah. Uh. So they're like, we have one bottle of water to sell. Oh, and it's an NFT. Whoa. <laughs> 
a million dollars. <laughs> the last Perrier bottle. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and I love that it's French because I feel like the French are into those things. Yeah. I think they would be. Um, right at Sin. Are you French? Are you into those? <laughs> and NFT uh, stands for non-fungible tokens, but also now for thirsty. <laughs> Sell that to Nestle. I think they'd love it. <laughs> I think they'd be on board. They'd be oh, like, yeah, we did ruin the Nestle? planet. Nestle? NFTs? Are you kidding me? They're down. No one tell Nestle about M- NFTs. They're like, we could ruin the planet more? <laughs> tell me how. For profit? In an abstract way? <laughs> I love it. Wow. Uh, well, that's a good one. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think that's real. Stop monetizing water, please. Please. And at the same time, put money into infrastructure so people can drink tap water. That would be nice. That's also, that's the jingle. That's the jingle at the end. Yeah. We're pirating this Nessie Lee commercial. <laughs> We've taken it over. Please. I want a better commercial. Than the one I just pitched? No, no, no. Well... You know. That's rude. <laughs> it's pretty rude, actually, based on the format but of the you show. Know, you know, you know, you know. It's actually pretty rude. You know, like, a better one, maybe, like, a local one. Oh, you want a new commercial. I want a new... I'm hung... Hey, Daddy's Thirsty. I got a local water commercial for do you. Do you really? By very exciting happenstance, I do. Wow! It's like we didn't plan this. It's kismet. And we didn't. I didn't know that you You're, were doing this Oh, well, well, okay, so just it actually is kismet so if you want to just like um believe in serendipity for once in your fucking life oh my god uh, i was calling maybe you could just open yourself up to the magic of the universe in media rest how about that i don't know what to do i'm (laughs) oh they're addressing me personally and i just by the way folks we've been recording for a while and it's just gotten very dark in this (laughs) room it's gotten so dark It's not summer anymore. And I will turn on the light while we're watching this, but uh, just to let you know, you know, behind the curtain. Anyway, let's watch this local ad. Captain Bob, our hydroscanner shows a code YUCK on Planet Filtron. Scotty, warp speed to Planet Filtron. I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. Lieutenant Pura was right. They're using ordinary filtered tap water. We'll fix that. Bob replaces the phony bottled water with real Mount Shasta spring water. It's so pure and natural. Our work is done here, and the universe is a better place. Mount Shasta spring water, naturally the best. Al, I think I know this ad. Really? Yeah, I think I... Because I remember those little water drops. Oh, so this is new to me. Oh, okay. So Mount Shasta is where the angels live. Yep. I've been informed. They live in the mountain. Okay. Well, <laughs> did we tell that story in this podcast? Nope. Do we want to tell that story? It's just my favorite conspiracy theory. Do it. Do uh, it. That's do the, it. That's the whole thing is that the angels live inside Mount Shasta. Why? Do not know. I don't know. Who knows? They're there. That's where angels live. I got it. Not in the outfield. No. No. Um. So we've got. A bunch of little water drops. Mm. It is delightful. I'd say early 2000s. CG, yeah. CG. The fir- and they're on a spaceship. It's got crazy frog vibes. It's got real big crazy. It's pre-crazy frog, though. Yeah. Um, much like a commercials pre-9-11, this is pre-crazy frog. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're on, they're on a ship, and it's like Star Trek, but the ship is a big, one of those big giant bottles of water. Yeah, like you have in offices. Yeah, and... The first bottle, the first little drip, does she have like a, 
like a California Valley Girl accent. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She got some vocal fry up on there. <laughs> yeah. And then the Cap- Capitan, he's got sunglasses on, so he's cool. He's very cool. And they go to a planet, and they see that the planet is full of tap water, mm-hmm. which is, you know, calling bad. out bad. They're as saying, know, this is bad. You know, Coca-Cola and Pepsi just taking your tap water. Um, and so they're saying, bring out the angel water from Mount Shasta. And they, they pour it into the earth. And it's ironic because the earth shape the tube goes into, I believe, is the continent of Africa. Huh. And, I, and I don't think Mount Shasta is... It's not. No. Mm-mm. Nor is any American company uh, <laughs> providing water to people who need it. Uh, instead, they take it. So then Mount, then they're heroes. Then they're very happy. And they're either the little water drop. He's standing in front of the American flag. God yeah. bless him. <laughs> Love a CGI water. <laughs> Love it. That made me thirsty. Yeah, I'm pretty... Oh, this I'm whole so, episode is making me pretty fucking I'm thirsty. I'm so, so, so parched. I've got another... Like, I've got... I just... I'm so addicted to water, man. N- N- Nestle's got me by the balls. I know. I can't stop drinking this stuff. Like, every goddamn day I'm drinking this stuff. Like, I can't give it up. I try to quit, but I just... <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, at least we can turn on our tap and girl some of that non-spicy water. We can. We can. Not... Not a lot of people, yeah. but we can. Oh. <laughs> if you love spicy water, convince us that it's good by giving us a five-star. Folks, it's lightning out. I'm sorry. It started raining so hard in the last five minutes. It got dark. Did we make this happen? <gasps> the earth, she's giving us spice. <laughs> I hope you can hear that, listeners. It was a big, loud thunder. God hates... Oh, my God. God's losing his fucking shit up there. Oh, the dogs are barking. God, it's still going. Folks. God hates us and loves spicy water. Uh Uh-oh. Sorry, God. I think we chose a different team. I think God loves spicy water and capitalism. Yeah, God loves capitalism oh, pretty boy. hard. <laughs> okay, we better go. We better. We better we get better out of get here. We better get out of here. Until next time, we are signing off. But first, a word for my spouse. Did the rain stop? No, she's still going. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I thought we ended and the rain stopped. God's like, good. <laughs> You're done. You're done. <laughs>